to episode 197 of... Brutal Battle. Yep, it's Jason Evans. This will be his final episode. Uh, of the morning. Of the morning, exactly. <laughs> it's currently 10.53 a.m., <laughs> but we've been having fun. Yeah. We've been having a good time. And I'm still sipping on this uh, homebrew from the Independent Brewing Wart Challenge that Breadhead Brewing did, Jason, behind Breadhead. Well, better you than me. I dumped mine. It was... It was no good to me. I like it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I legitimately like it. So, uh, we were actually just talking before we started uh, started recording. I was telling Jason about the um, the blending episode that we did for the podcast not long ago. People check that out. It's available. And we're going to be doing some more of those blending episodes. So, I was just kind of talking to him about the home blending stuff, and he dropped some knowledge on me that I did not have. So I was like, why don't you talk about this on the podcast? Because okay. people probably want to know about it. So yeah. you said what? Uh, I was listening to another podcast, and they they got a hold of New Belgium's Blend Like a Brewer variety pack. So this, the the uh, the gist here is that they, they sell a pack. Um, I can't remember how many. It looks like it has... Fat Tire Belgian White, 1554, Citradelic Tangerine IPA, their Abbey, Triple, and their Cellar Blender, which is their their light base sour beer that they use for their barrel program. And six brewers kind of put some things to taste, blends to taste of these different varieties, and then you can kind of play around yourself, and it's... uh, a really cool idea. Really cool idea. Yeah, that's fascinating. I never in my wildest dreams would have thought a brewery would put out a pack like that and be like, here are our beers, yeah. blend them together. So what I like about it is, A, the fact that they just did it, <laughs> B, the fact that they have their recommendations. And yeah. They're like, we played around with it yeah. here, and this is what we recommend. Go ahead and do it yourself. And C, the fact that they're also just like, mad scientist this thing mm-hmm. just go nuts and do it <clears throat> do they have anything like i don't know if you saw any like press release or heard anything about no, it but no. i i wonder if they've said anything like give us feedback let us know like what what, what blends combos? you made that seem to be really good no i honestly haven't even seen this i don't know if it hasn't hit stores yet i haven't heard or seen much about it aside from listening to that podcast and um to me blending is is something that I think about all the time. Yeah, um, me too. A little side story is my wife, She did, she's not a beer drinker. She doesn't hate beer, but it's just not her thing. But she does love Duclaw's Devil's Dew, which is a mm-hmm. blend of Duclaw's Retribution and Devil's Milk Barley Wine. And she's loved that for years, and they haven't made it in years. Um, so I should have bought a case when it came out. You should have, yeah. I would have. I, you could have made a mint on me. Um, but and I, I've tried replicating that because there's certain shelf beers that you can get that are barrel aged stouts, like mm-hmm. uh, Dragon's Milk is one you can easily get by New Holland. And uh, adding a proportion of barley wine and just seeing if I can pull it off, and it never was the same. But yeah. still interesting. Yeah, and and that's the thing, like. Home blending is something that I don't think is really going on much. No. Um, so to hear that New Belgium is kind of pushing that, in a sense, yeah. is very interesting. Um, and I just think it's something that I'd like to see catch on a little bit more. I've heard of people here and there just being like, I'm not really feeling these two beers, so I just feel like, 
just dump them together, mm-hmm. you know, and see if it if it tastes good. Or like people <laughs> drinking dump buckets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's another thing. Obviously, probably a way less desirable taste, but you know. But uh, I just love that, and I I also just don't think people think about blending all that much because no. there are breweries who are doing it. Like, here's an example. I think a lot of people don't understand that Sequench Ale by Dogfish Head is a blend. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's a blend of a of a Kolsch, yep. a Goza, and a Berliner Weiss. So they're literally blending three separate beer or brewing three separate beers and then blending it all together to get that perfect it's ratio. Really, when you read the how they make it, it's a really complex beer to be yes. distributed so widely. Um, to me, that that is a delicious beer. It is. I, I, I really, sure. really love that beer. It's just so thirst quenching to me and they they did exactly what the can says it's and the flavors are just really on point for me i think they said that that's a culmination of like seven years of r&d okay to come up with that beer they've been like trying so many iterations but one of the crazy things to think about related to the sequence in particular is that they're tying up three tanks yeah in order to make one beer when instead they could just make one sour beer, they could make one Berliner Weiss or one Goza, yeah. and then just take up the space of one tank mm-hmm. and release that beer. I mean, obviously, by doing it in three tanks, you're doing, you know, you, you have a higher volume that you're able true, to put out true. of that one product, but at the same time, you know Dogfish Head. They yeah. do a lot of different stuff, yeah. so they're kind of, and I know. I really would crazy. like to know technically how they blended, like, yeah. Percentages. It's not, and, I doubt they have a vessel three times as large to put them all in. Are they blending them uh, into a bright tank to carb um, and then doing it little by little? Yeah. Uh, there's a lot there that, that really is puzzling to me how they pull that off. Yeah. Well, and then recently we did a we did an episode that was a brewery showcase of Firestone Walker. Okay. And we talked about their anniversary ale yeah. and how they do their blendings. And... You know, they're getting even more intricate than someone like a dogfish head mm-hmm. who's doing, you know, three different styles and blending them together. They're doing like, I think their their most is like up to nine different beers okay. and blending those together in like really insane percentages. You yeah. know, like one of them's like 9% of this and 13% mm-hmm. of this and 22% of this. And it's just kind of like nuts to think about. And it's like, how much trial and error is involved there? <laughs> That's a good question. I don't know. Uh, when you think of the, when you think sour beers and the and the, the great barrel programs out there at breweries, it's all about blending. And yeah. you, you you're really not going to make. I mean, you could make a delicious beer, a one off from one barrel, but the best kind of sours to me are ones that combine different vintages, vintage, different styles, and they the brewmaster combines to something that he thinks he or she thinks is delicious. Yeah. And you know, that's, that's what it's about is coming up with a a great end product that has a great flavor. And sometimes that can't be done with one brew. It's done with several brews. Yeah. So, I mean, you're talking about like sour beer blending. I I know one of the, the breweries that was kind of at the forefront of that. Well, I mean, Still is, but people feel like they're dead in certain ways. Mm-hmm. Wicked Weed, yeah, yeah. Um, 
since they, you know, were acquired by by AB and Bev, depending on who you are, how yeah. you feel about it. But yep, yep. Um, I mean, they're still doing this amazing blending. Yeah. And they just like I can't even I can't imagine how that goes. Yeah. That's... Like especially with sour stuff. Yeah. With like beers that you're doing with fruit included. Mm-hmm. And you're gonna blend this one with this and it's just nuts. Yeah. Which by the way, I think I had heard a bunch of months ago, I think it was before the acquisition, or maybe right after that um their like supervisor for their blending program left. Okay. And I think he's with Brewdog. Really? Now actually. Okay. Which I haven't known Brewdog to do any sours. Not not to my knowledge. Uh so I guess it's coming. Okay. It's kinda like it's kinda like Firestone Walker though. Like I didn't know that Firestone Walker was doing sours until we just True. got it in the market this yeah. year. Yeah. They started coming this year. But they've been doing it since 2012. Okay. For whatever reason. Yeah. It's just like, it took that long. It took five yeah. friggin' years for their sours to get here, which makes me kind of mad because, yeah, yeah. I mean, I understand it, but it makes me mad because I'm like, I've been missing out on this. Well, I don't, you could also say that it took that long to develop a volume of, of sour product that they wanted to to distribute. Yeah. These aren't, these aren't your kettle sours. These are like aged in, in oak vessels and... You know, it's it's tough to come out of the gates if you open something. Come out of the gates with complex sours. Yeah. Uh, it's you got to give those things time to to mature and turn into something delicious. Yeah, instead of just being like, "Here's this kettle sour." Yeah, well, we made, we made it really fast, and it's just like hey, a one note thing. Now uh, there's a new place opening in Columbia called Sapwood Cellars heard about it okay and this this place is one of one of the people involved i forget his real name but online he goes by the handle old stock and he's active on the reddit homebrewing forums and he runs a, a web page called the mad fermentationist which is where i've got mm-hmm. a lot of inspiration for some of my hazy ipas cool. and uh he has pretty sure he developed some of the recipes for Modern Times, who oh, makes really? some delicious beers. I am a fan of Modern yes. Times. So this, this individual, and I'm sorry I don't have the real name, but you could easily find it. He's involved with opening a new brewery called Sapwood Cellars in Columbia. Okay. And I just listened to them on, what, that might have been Good Beer Hunting podcast. And, you know, they were kind of up front. You know, they do a lot of, they're doing a lot of, a lot of hazy IPAs are into, but they're going to have new sours. And they were up front saying, hey, you gotta got to sell beer. So yeah. for a while, they might be kettle sours um, until we can develop something that's delicious. You know, it takes time. And you, so, you, if you want to support them, then, you know, be open-minded. Kettle sours can be good, too. So they're going to come out of the gate doing kettle sours, but they're saying long-term I their plan is to th- do I like, think that's what the plan. spontaneous yep. fermentation. Yep. Um, so my, if, you know, anyone from Sapwood Cellars listens to this at any point or someone listens to it and passes the information along, uh, my recommendation would be hook people on the kettle sours with a good amount of hopping. Mm-hmm. Like a prime example, Pizza Boy. Oh, yeah. I think Pizza Boy Brewing does an amazing job with doing kettle souring and then like a good amount of hops added to it. So yeah. they're sour IPAs. In my opinion, that's the only way yeah. I want to drink kettle sour. They have one called Sunshine Something, and it's a dry hop sour. Delicious. Delicious. Yeah. 
the I think the one I first fell in love with was their Murren River, their sour mm-hmm. Murren River, mm-hmm. which I think the original version of Murren River was just like a hoppy IPA, mm-hmm. and then they made the sour version and just called Sour Murren River. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Like the, the the bold citrusy hops mm-hmm. just coming together with like that lemony tartness yeah. from the kettle souring was just magical. And I've I've had plenty of kettle sours in my time and I'm I'm never happy with them yeah. until they have a lot of hopping mm-hmm. with them. And then I'm just like, This is gold. This yeah. is so yeah. good. So Stillwater is also a good one. They have their ghost gone wild. Yes. Which, you know tasty. They they do this one with World Tour where they go different areas add different stuff but it's a heavily dry hop sour it's it's tastes like uh like a tart candy it's delicious oh, it sounds so good yeah i i know i've had goza going wild uh, it's been some time maybe over a year mm-hmm. ago mm-hmm. really enjoyed it i think we had it on a um one of our beer and food pairing episodes okay. actually i think with nuts maybe okay. beer and nuts don't quote me on that but maybe okay. it may have been that one but um, yeah, it works. So yeah, that's that's the uh, recommendation for sapwood sellers. Okay. If you're gonna do kettle sours, people are probably gonna like them most. Yeah, with a, a good amount of hopping. Mm-hmm. But I'm excited to hear the fact that we're gonna end up getting some like great. spontaneous fermentation yeah. p- potentially from that them. That would be nice. But that's ballsy. Yeah, it is. So like out of the gate, be like, we're gonna sour stuff. Yep. Because I don't. I can't tell you any Maryland brewery that's opened in the past. Well, that's ever opened in Maryland that's that's said that we're going to eventually do sour beer. Yeah, yeah. Like, everyone's just been like, oh, we're going to offer the basics for now. Yeah. And we'll see. Well, so, wow. I mean, there, there's a craze out there. People are there enjoying sours. People, you know, they're, they're, they'll they're come. Columbia's got a few great breweries right now. And, yeah, what do they have? Black, Black Flag, Asterio. And I think you get a couple great spots in, in the same vicinity, and you get some beer tourism. Yeah, definitely. Well, um, it's just, it's nuts to me because I just remember a few years ago when mm. I was buying sour beers and like nobody would buy them. Yeah. And all of a sudden, finally it's something that, that people actually like in Maryland. So I'm just like, Oh, welcome people. I've, yeah. Yeah. I've been, uh, I've been hanging out here yeah. for a while. Yeah, Good to see true. you showing up. It, it, <laughs> It's it takes a while to get to that. It does. It no, takes it a while to does. get to that uh, to be able to enjoy those. Yeah. I mean, it took me a bit, and now I can appreciate them and I enjoy them. I just feel like Maryland beer community is is always like a few years behind overall national beer community. Okay, you know, yeah. like yeah, just kind of lagging behind. And I think it's just because it got a late start. Yeah, it really did. Um, so. I mean, Duclos been around for a long time. Oliver Brewing's been around mm-hmm. for a long time here, but you know, it was just kind of one of those places where, or two of those places where people would just kind of go to and be like, "Oh, it's a kitsch thing. Like mm-hmm. they're making their own beer," and then eventually it actually caught on. We started getting a lot more breweries, and people were like, "Oh, there's this isn't just like a fleeting thing. It's like a, a craze. Yeah. It's, it's a real, the real deal, basically." Yeah. So. <clears throat> Good to hear that stuff, yeah, yeah. but um, back to, yeah, this originally started on the New Belgium um, blend it, blending blend like, kit. Blend, blend it like a brewer kit. I'm going to have to try and find that. Yeah. I want to try and get that for the show. Okay. I also would encourage other people to check that yeah, out. Yeah. And also just, like we're trying to do with our new Blend It Yourself episodes, blend your own beers. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you got two beers just hanging out in the fridge that 
you know, you're not particularly excited about, just blend them together. See if it's better like that. You know, you never know. But if anyone from New Belgium ends up hearing this, (laughs) we will accept a free uh, blending kit from you. Just saying. Yeah, send it. Send it. (laughs) And any of your other beer that you want to have us try. So. Anyway, um, yeah, that was a cool topic. Yeah, let's uh, let's pop over to these uh, these mystery beers right Sounds here. Good to me. Let's see how it goes. All right, so hopefully it's it's more on the tasty side and less on the interesting side, like yeah. last episode. This looks like it could be like a pilsner. It definitely looks like a pilsner. Uh, yellowish, orangish, crystal clear. Yeah, crystal, crystal clear, beautifully clear. Yeah, it looks like it should be a refreshing one. Gunky. Smells like a pilsner. (laughs) Do you get a little tartness on the nose? I am, actually. Slight. Yeah. I get, like, a slight tart lemon. I'm getting that now. It it first came off as a little skunked aroma. Yeah. Now it's coming off as a little tart. I actually still get that that bit of skunkiness, too, though. Yeah, they're both there. There's a little hay to it, a little honey. Um, Now now it's all skunk. I'm not getting a tart. (laughs) I get a little bit of an aspirin note okay. in the nose as well. Interesting. Hmm. I yeah. don't know what it's going to be. Yeah, we'll see. Huh? This is weird. This wow. beer is weird. That is hard to figure out. Um, tart lager? Oh. <laughs> That's what it tastes like to me. Tart lager. It's got, it's got like this this kind of quick, yeah, lemony tart, and then it goes to like that a lot of hay character to it, and yeah. then some honey on the finish, and it tastes a little skunky actually too. This in my head, this is what if a green bottle Heineken got a very well controlled infection. <laughs> So it didn't like ruin the beer. It, it didn't just ruin like it. It just added a little bit of flavor. Yeah. Hmm. It's it finishes very clean. I, I I'm not hating this. Yeah, me neither. I can't figure it out. Yeah, it's tough. But part of me likes this. That's kind of weird. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, part of me's digging this beer. I'm like, I, I agree. I'm totally half and half on this. I'm like, I like this. I don't like this. I like this. I don't. I think I just straight up like it. Again, this is definitely a lawnmower beer. Mm-hmm. Um, that little bit of tartness kind of adds a little thirst quenching characteristic that I like. It just seems like sour lager. Yeah, it's there is skunk. Weird. Um, yeah, there definitely so, is. In the flavor, too. Like, whatever it is, I, not a lot, I'm curious if it's in a bottle, if it's in a transparent bottle, how old the bottle is. Yeah. What is this? Because I don't know if that skunk should be there. Yeah, this could definitely... I could 100% see this being accidental. In which case, it was a good accident. <laughs> but we don't know what's <laughs> accidental. Is it the sour yeah. or the skunk? We're not quite sure. Well, I would hope the skunk... Is definitely accidental, but unless you're Jester King, you don't know, <laughs> right? Some some breweries really only one Jester King uses green bottles because 
they think the skunk adds to their flavor. Oh, I hadn't heard that. Yeah, that's, that's weird. That's a true story. Really? Well, I, I forget wonder... what beer it is. Maybe like La Petite Prince or something like okay. that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder if that's the same with like Fantome. If they're kind of know. the same way um, out of Belgium. Okay. I've had like one Fantome before. I did not care for it. It okay. tasted kind of like a gasoline, mm-hmm. which is, like the way gasoline smells is kind of how it I always love that smell. <laughs> that <laughs> explains like, a lot, right? I don't want to drink that. <laughs> I just don't. Yeah, so this one's interesting. Maybe accidentally interesting. We don't know. We'll find out. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to leave that one for now. We'll come back to it. But B looks... Amber? Yeah, definitely just amber. It's like a reddish, brownish, orangish mix. Not it much head to it. Looks like though. a red ale, maybe an amber ale. Don't know. Definitely. This smells like cinnamon, too. <laughs> what the heck? Oh my gosh, banana. A little bit of banana, too. It's like banana bread. Like mm-hmm. cinnamon banana bread is what it smells like. Oh my gosh, there's a little fruit to it, though. What is that? It's like a fruitcake or something. Fruitcake ale <laughs> for the holidays. Which would yeah, be a flying yeah. dog thing. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Good God. I would I would like a little less cinnamon on this one. Yeah. Because there's other flavors here that I'm trying to pull out. It definitely smells very bready, though. Yeah. Like, legitimately... Okay, so my mom makes uh, banana bread. Mm-hmm. And I'm typically not a banana bread fan, but the way she does it, it's it's a little more on the sweet side and less of the banana mm-hmm. character. And I really like it. This kind of smells a bit like that, but with a bunch of cinnamon thrown into okay. it. Because I get that bit of banana, I get the cinnamon, I get the breadiness. There's almost like a slight molasses yeah. sweetness to it. Burning my nose a little bit. Can't tell if maybe that's alcohol. <laughs> this is weird. Yeah. All these beers have been like weird. Hmm. I have to try this. Yeah, this, so, is, this, is, this is a taster. Oh. No. Oh my god. No thank you. That's a little rough. No thank you. <laughs> no thank you. That is rough. Holy crap. Mm. Okay. So people who have listened to the podcast long enough know that I don't like overspicing in beers. This is the epitome of what I don't like in beer. It's like, they just like took tons of spices and were just like, cinnamon, nutmeg, just chuck it in there. This is bad. God. I, yeah, I don't like this beer. It's actually kind of making me gag a little. That's gonna, okay. It's, it's making me sad, first off. And then I feel like if I drank even half a bottle of this, or can, whatever it's in, I would feel queasy. Yeah. I would definitely feel, like, sick to my stomach. That's really unpleasant. Whoever did this, bad form. That was a, it was a bad idea. Shame it, on you. Yuck. I feel like this has got to be some sort of attempt at, like, a, a holiday something. It's got to be a holiday spice beer. Well, that tastes like shit. Yeah, this is nasty. <laughs> That's terrible. Makes me crave Blue Moon. No, I mean <laughs> legitimately that that Blue more that Blue Moon like cinnamon horchata was better than this, like a lot better than this. This is terribly executed. Like it, what makes it worse too is it's got like this kind of like medium viscosity to it's, it. It's it's not 
it's there's no body to hold these spices. Yeah, it's, it's and like... the, the malt is just it, there's no sense of it. Yeah, it's, it's just completely gone with the spices. Oh, it's it's kind of like if somebody was making some sort of like holiday batter. You know, like mm-hmm. they're, they're making like a heavily spiced fruit cake or something yeah. without, without the fruit. And then they would just dump a bunch of water in it to like take the thickness down. And then you just drink that. And that's what this is, is like. Mm. So much spice. This is a bad beer, dude. I cannot endorse whatever this is. Gross, dude. Like super gross. That was a huge misstep. That beer needs to go away forever. Shame on whoever made that beer. Shame. I hope it's not a brewery I love. <laughs> you never know. Can't they can't all be winners? That's true. That's totally true. <laughs> I went back to A. It was pleasant. It's it's nice. It's nice. I think the sk- my perception of the skunkiness has come down a little bit. Yeah. I kind of I kind of like this beer. It's it's seeming to me like a sour Kolsch. I could, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. It's super light drinking. No I'm, no fruit, um, just straight up base beer and some sort of um, tart yeah. bacteria. You don't think it's Brett, do you? I don't know. Because the, the, the carbonation doesn't look like Brett carbonation. No, yeah. Typically, Brett carbonation is like uneven. Pillowy and yeah, um, this just seems like an ale carbonation. Although, by you bringing that up, it makes me think that like the skunkiness mm-hmm. and his funkiness, funk. yeah, kind of. I don't know. Um, it's that's yeah, interesting. Oh, have you ever had Brooklyn Little Brett? No. Okay, that's kind of what I'm thinking about here. Okay. Um, I'd like to try it though. Yeah. I would recommend it. It's definitely a, something you should pick up. But cool. that that's what kind of the feeling I'm getting. So I'm really interested to see what this one ends up being. Yeah. As um, well as the, the second one, so I'd never buy that in my life. <laughs> you can stay as far away from it when you go into a liquor store as possible. Um, okay, so I'm just going to tell you up front I'm giving a 1 to B. Because no one should consume that beer, in my opinion. I mean, if is if one's the lowest, I agree with you. That's yeah, a one. It is. Yep. It's, that's it, an overall. It's just that sucks. Uh, a though, I'm gonna give this a four. I kind of enjoy it. I could go. I could go five on this. Okay. I. It's interesting. I like it. Uh, I I like that we tasted this blind. Yeah, me too. It it really lets you dig in without knowing anything about who made it. I like it. And I think it's pleasant. Yeah. I, I think it's better than pleasant. Yeah, it's not phenomenal. It's, it's solid. Obviously, A is the winner with an overall 4.5 and B, massive loser with a with a 1. That is gross. <laughs> so gross. Well, let's find out what this terrible one is yes, first. Yes, please. So, loser, super loser with an overall 1 is Southern Tier Brewing Cinnamon Roll Imperial Ale. Ale with natural cinnamon and caramel flavors added. 8.6% alcohol by volume. Southern Tier. That's... What the hell? Stop. Just stop. Like, don't. Yeah, don't. Like, here's the thing. They they do some, some sweet beers. Mm-hmm. 
And hey, pumpkin was my jam for for a while. Yeah, like nothing wrong with that. Their creme brulee I know is super sweet, mm-hmm. but I think it's pretty good overall. Their chocolate orange, I think they did a pretty mm-hmm. solid uh, job on. But this is garbage. Like this nope. is just nobody buy this beer. This is trash, man. And Southern Tier makes sense that they would make something like this. Oh, they they have a niche and it's it's flavors. And this is a mess. Yeah, this is a. I'm glad it says. I'm glad it says seasonal on it. Yeah. So you, well, which you means can, it may not be coming. Depending back. Depending on where you go, you might see it all the way through June. <laughs> Especially if people listen to this podcast. Yes, that's correct. So, ugh, yuck, not a fan. All right. Well, let's find out what this really interesting tasty yeah. one was. Uh, winner overall four point five is. Gunpowder Falls. That's a Pilsner. A Pilsner. Oh, wow. There was a happy infection here. Yes, there was. There was a very happy infection here. Um, I haven't had anything by Gunpowder Falls. I didn't know that they were canning or bottling. This is I actually bottle. did because I'm good friends with a, a local guy named Matt Warden whose family owns both Falston Seafood and uh, Black Forest Tap House. And he... On the Black Forest Tap House, by the way. He has worked at there um, helping out with some kegging and cleaning uh, just to get some hands-on in the business. So I knew they bottled. I've had this Pilsner fresh. It doesn't taste Or at least least not infected. And it was tasty. It was very, very honey-like. And I know this guy, this brewer, I believe everything is bottle-fermented. If I'm not mistaken, um, but this one is, this is not a Pilsner anymore. No, 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 it's not. Like we were saying, like it's a sour lager. Well, tart lager. Um, this is going <laughs> to sound weird, but Gunpowder Falls, you guys need to figure out a way to replicate this. It kind of makes me sad that Good. this isn't purchasable the way we drank it. Um, because this was not on purpose. No, no, definitely not. I mean, if you're calling it a straight Pilsner, there should be absolutely none of this tartness and, like, the lemony characters. But it's really working for this beer. Like, yeah. they need to find a way to replicate this, honestly. Figure out how this got infected and mm-hmm. do it on purpose next it, time. It definitely gave off some Brett, some Brett characteristics to me the more that I dug in. I'm actually pouring a little more. Yeah, it's and you it's can, good. The carbonation is... A little more effervescent than you would think for a Pilsner. Um, it definitely looks, once you know it's a Pilsner, and you see how it pours so bubbly, you, you can see that it might be infected. Yeah, that's true. And um, the skunk is now known to be an off-flavor for this. That that would never be yeah. intended for a oh, Pilsner. Oh, yeah, yeah. So this is... <laughs> <laughs> this isn't the first time that we've had, like, infected beers on the podcast. Uh, we had an Adroit Theory one before. We had a Breckenridge one before. Um, I remember for the Breckenridge one that it ended up being a happy accident. Okay. For, I think I was kind of like, eh, about the beer. But Dan Kim, who was on the show at the time, mm-hmm. I think the infection actually helped it a lot. Because it was like an Imperial Stout, and it kind of gave it a little bit of a cherry character. Like, tart okay. cherry okay. character. Um, the other one, the Adroit Theory one, was their, I think their Ornolan Bunting, which was just like a, I think it's a strong ale, and that did not do well. It was like soapy and like gross, but 
um, yeah, it's just so funny because, like, if you get an infected bottle, like, which way is it going to go? Never know. Also, I think there was one time I had, like, Bourbon Barrel Aged Euphoria by Duclaw. It mm-hmm. was not on the podcast. It was, like, on my back deck. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is sour. Like, it's obviously infected, but it's working. Wow. Like, it's nice yeah, with this. Yeah, yeah. So, it's just so weird because, like, infection can go either way. Like, you're going to be like, it's infected, and this is actually a better beer, or it's just different yeah. and good, or it can just be like, this is infected, and it's undrinkable. So, so a tart lager. That, that's a thing that we just cram up with, I think. I think that Gunpowder Falls can just claim this right now. Please. Hold this episode of the podcast. Say, yeah, we, we created the, uh, the, uh, the Sour Pilsner. Wow. And go with it, because it's... It's good. It's ta- I would buy that. I, w- I would buy it. Yeah. That's weird, but I'm happy. I'm happy it turned out that way. Yeah. It's it's cool. So, Southern Tier, don't. Yeah, don't do stop. this again. This is where it's funny where like the beer that won was unintentional yeah. how it tasted and we really liked it. The beer that lost was totally intentional and we hated it. Blatantly intentional, <laughs> like in your face intentional. Eh, you never know what's going to happen with beer. And you know that as a home brewer. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, thank you, Jason, for thank being on for I these I appreciate episodes. it. Thank you so much. Hella fun. Uh, good beers. Inter- a lot of interesting beers. This Gunpowder Falls was the best one of the mystery beers that yeah, we did. Yeah, I'd so, say. Wow. Who, who would have thought that? Yeah, for real. Uh, and until next time, everybody, thank you so much. And keep it brutal. This has been a Nerd Circle podcast production.